The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We're dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Scrum.org. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today we're chatting with Dave West and Patricia Kong. Dave is the CEO of Scrum.org, and Tricia is the product owner of Enterprise Solutions for Scrum.org, and we are proud to have them as the new sponsor of the Women in Agile podcast series. Dave and Trish, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for inviting us. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Me yeah. too. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Today, we want to just introduce all of the listeners to Scrum.org and talk a little bit about why you all wanted to be sponsors and get involved with our organization. Uh, And I want to frame that conversation up a little bit around Scrum.org's mission as well as the Women in Agile mission, which is really based on the idea of... um, helping people solve complex problems and how diversity is a key piece to that is we create a a future where all of us are in love with the environments and the cultures that we get to work in every day. So um, let's just start off with a little bit about like complexity in general, because Scrum and Agile are often used in the space of solving complex problems. So what does complexity mean to the two of you? Um, let, let me have a, have a crack at that. It's, I hate to say this, it's complex. No, no. Um, so what complexity really means is that we don't know what the outcome is going to be necessarily. We, we've got a problem that we're trying to solve. We've got a situation that we're trying to deliver some outcomes to, but we're not totally sure how we're going to do it. We know how we're going to start, or we certainly have a go at starting, and then we inspect and adapt and learn from that. You know, when Scrum was invented, I guess 25 years ago, or the ideas of Scrum were brought together into what we call Scrum today, um, what it was invented in is in response to a situation that they were working in, Ken and Jeff, where they were trying to deliver some software with multiple stakeholders on a platform that kept changing in an environment where they weren't sure how long they had to do it in. And so they just used Scrum to, to do that. So complexity really, to me, means really that those environments, those environments where things are continuously changing. I mean, the last 12 months have definitely illustrated why we live in a complex world, right? Yeah. So it's real. Yes, yes, yes. And it's been a super crazy how many months have we been doing this? But it's definitely about um, having more unknown than unknown, uh, more unknown than known. And I think that the thing that I would add to that is that when we look at how human beings are actually interacting in this space, the super interesting thing when you look at cognitive behavior is really about how we are not driven. We're emotional. We're humans. We're, we're, we're we don't have these expansive databases as memory, our attention is limited. So when we have that sort of complex situation, how do we break it down into small bits? Because we have a starting situation that can result in different outcomes. How do we break that down? And that's what Scrum and the iterative process is really about. Yeah, it's funny because obviously we always want to 
apply a fix. We're like, this is what we, this is what the situation is. Let's apply this thing, and and it works. But I think we've learned, and and we continue to learn that it doesn't always. So you have to then inspect and adapt. So it's yeah, breaking things down, making things smaller. That's ultimately the solution to complexity. I think. Yeah. And when we think about those origin stories of Scrum and how Scrum was often used in so much of the origin story of Agile in general was Mm -hmm. very much focused in that world of technology and software and really just applying this idea of complexity and embracing knowledge work as a concept that was happening in that domain. But recently Scrum.org pivoted the mission from improving the profession of software development to that of helping people and teams solve complex problems. Problems. So this idea of helping society as a whole in this space of complexity, how is that changing the way that you all envision Scrum and Agile practices serving the world in like global society beyond just that narrow application in the software space? Yeah, it's um, it's scary in some days. You know, it was it was pretty. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was easy when we were just focusing on software delivery and development, but ultimately the power of Scrum, the ideas of Scrum, and the ideas of Agile in, in general have such value outside. Every time I hear a briefing about COVID, I wish for more transparency, better definition of a backlog, you know, all of these things. I, I just, I, 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 the world needs us to start looking at problems in a very different way, you know, and case in point, you know, the, the guys at Broad Institute that, that used Scrum to build a COVID test lab within five days, that, you know, the, the fact that they could rapidly deliver value to their, both their scientists to keep them in doing, doing science, but also to their local community. You know, we we care deeply, I think, uh, well, I care deeply about how these ideas can actually help everybody in the world. And, you know, maybe they're not perfect and maybe we need to practice delivering them in different ways for different audiences. But at the heart of it, it is that, that the world is full of really complex problems. And if we can help people just a little bit better to solve them, then the world's going to be a better place, right? Mm, I think... I think one of the things that um, people also don't know is in the origins of Scrum, we're looking at software development, but there was a lot of work actually in terms of how can we use something that's Scrum-like or taking the, um, the different aspects of it and look at that in terms of learning and look at that, especially with um, people with learning disabilities. So there was already kind of that experimentation in the other areas and it just influenced very much what Ken at least um, was thinking about in terms of software development software delivery, which is also vast in itself. But what Dave, I think, is is also hitting on is this notion that Scrum.org is about professionalism. And mm-hmm. if we think about how to conduct ourselves professionally, how could we not say, hey, you, you want to still enjoy your work and um, be a contributing, a, what do you call those, good contributing peoples to society? I don't know. How could you not think about if we know that there's a better way to work in this situation that can um, help us have better and more innovative and responsible ideas? Why wouldn't we share that to, to other aspects of the business? 
Yeah, well, that and it even makes me just think of the very first line of the Agile Manifesto about we're uncovering better ways, right? And by getting out of just the software bubble, we're inherently increasing diversity of thought in the overall Agile community, thus the improving the Agile community's ability to uncover new ways of delivering value. So that sort of brings us a little bit to right, our, our Women in Agile mission, which is we believe diverse connections lead to diverse solutions. Together, we can change the future of the workplace. So how does or how do you two see the idea of diversity showing up in this idea of learning and doing the work of navigating the unknown and complexity? Um, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, yeah. So I was going to just tell a little story myself. Re recently, I was helping a friend of mine who happens to run an animal hospital. And she, uh, she's, she's a vet. And, you know, um, uh, my wife said to me, why are you spending time with her on this? You know, isn't what, what, what are you doing? And I, I said, well, because I'm learning so much from how she listens, when she learns about the ideas of Scrum and how she applies it in her context. It's so different than when I go and talk to somebody that's been building software or I go and talk to somebody that's on an oil rig and 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 it's also different if they're a man or a woman or, or if they're black or they're white or they're asia you know it I love the fact that I learn so much personally from my interactions with different people with different perspectives that's the beauty of I think being a human, but also the, the beauty of the, the opportunity that we have ahead of us with Scrum. The, when you build these cross-functional teams, it isn't just cross-functional in terms of skill. Yeah, that's super important to deliver, you know, done increment. It's cross-functional in terms of mindset experience. The best teams are diverse teams, the most exciting teams to work on, but also the most valuable teams to deliver value out, uh, outward. I love the fact that at scrum.org, we have a diverse group of people. Sometimes it annoys the hell out of me, but ultimately because they come back with not the same point of view as me, mine, so how can they be right? But when they challenge me, and when we have an environment that's psychological safe where everybody can challenge each other without hurting each other and, and being nasty, then amazing things happen. It, and, and also you learn a lot about yourself, which is always, always groovy, right? Trish, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> about the groovy? I mean, I'm not going to age myself, but the, um, <laughs> I think, I think when we like bringing that and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit what you were saying, Leslie, because there's something about the complexity thing and, and, and just about the mission and how we think about um, kind of even being diverse. We're diversifying where we're trying to see Scrum happen is that because <laughs> When I think about the enterprise, right, and I think about people within that enterprise, and when we don't make those decisions to say there's a better way of working, companies make very expensive mistakes, right? So when we try to, for instance, even apply something like Scrum or Agility into a, a complicated space, you can do that. But when we talk about just simply looking at the people who are working together, I think what's beautiful, um, and I respect, Dave, that you want to be challenged more, is about the Scrum values, right? So we have those values in place that we have a working agreement of focus, openness, respect, courage, commitment. So when we think about having those Scrum values in place, that really sets us up from coming from 
coming from a place where we will be diverse, have different ideas, have different outlooks, but we respect the values that we all will interact, will use to interact with each other. Um, and the thing is, is that that, if you think about how different that becomes where we see it's a boys club or there's people who are tend to tend to hire not only people who they know or people that look like them or people that, you know, that can, they know can get the job done because that's generally what you want when you're running a business, right? You want to know there's some, you need some, some security that the stuff is going to get done the way that you know and would expect. But, um, it gets, it gets us into thinking about how do we get that diversity of thought so that we can really innovate. So the two things besides, you know, that we know that diversity is better for, for, for high performing teams is that, um, Small teams and diverse teams are really good at disruption because there's different place, different different perceptions of thought. Yeah. I have no clue what what I what question I was answering now. And, and I don't think it really matters because <laughs> you're leading me a place that I think is really important. And I love that you brought the explicit Scrum values into this, Trish, because um, I think courage as an underlying value, right? It doesn't show up explicitly in the umbrella philosophy of, of agile, but it is an undertone in lots of the different things that make up how we define the larger agile community. And courage, I think, is so important, especially in this diversity play with what you were going towards around small teams, being able to be disruptors, you know, oh, I'm historically working in a boys club. How do I disrupt that? As we think about just social injustice in general, having the courage to speak up when you see people doing things or saying things that are contributing to, you know, bullying or discrimination or anything like that in the workplace, like courage is so fundamental to all of this work that we're doing. Can I, can I just pick up on that though? Because we think that courage is about how you, how you have the courage to do something, but it's also about allowing and providing a space that allows other people to be courageous. <laughs> Sometimes it's the courage to step away from how you would force something like for instance a lot of people say well I, I, the reason why i told you you suck is because i was being courageous well, no <laughs> no 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 that isn't it what you have to do is you have to think about how that piece of information that transparency is going to be accepted by that person is going to be received by that person and it's also thinking about that and it's being obvious <laughs> and mindful in your approach to that. So courage, yes, uh, it is great that, that that Trish challenges me and you challenge me frequently and and people on my team uh, challenge me and that I'm, I'm very happy. But it's also how I react to that, how I respond. It's sort of, you know, it's sort of like, I don't want to call them the reverse values, but it's how do I create an environment that both encourages you to be courageous, to break you know, break some of the norms, you know, try things, talk about things differently, whilst, you know, not getting in the way of it myself. It's so easy. Many of these values can be weaponized. And and I think that it it's it's not about it's it's about how I receive as much as how I deliver, you know, and I don't know if I described that very well, Leslie, but... Um. The, I think that that's why we would think about the five values and how they exist together 
But the one other thing that we know, so you could take a bunch of really different people to get, put them together and they will not get stuff done because they disagree. Right. But the one thing that will help them is this notion of alignment toward a goal. So give them something that's really challenging and work together toward, and then, and you will see great things happen. And then by the way, Oh, we're a bunch of different group of people. And then by the way, for the greater good of society, you're somebody I would have never talked to or been friends with. And now we can start to learn about each other. And that that's, that's really the bonus, right. Of, of diversity and the diversity of thought in um, teams. And I've, I've experienced this before in teams where it's just somebody I just did not like. Wasn't my type of personality. I wasn't hers. We worked towards something together and we realized, wow, we actually are very, very effective and efficient when we work together. Yeah, it's, it is great. The getting work done is probably the best way to bring barriers down, to create connections and to actually you know, really build a better better environment, both inside the actual work, but outside the work as well. You give people a mission and um, and, and it, it fundamentally changes everything. Um, and I think that, that's, that's to be applauded. So we need to do more work, everybody. If we just worked more, what we should do is we should get people that have got different points of view. We should throw them in a field, you know, make a diverse team and then make them do something, build a house. There must be some history about how then the person didn't have a clear vision and all these people overthrow you, right? Like that's in history. Oh yeah, I guess that's the problem. If you if you give them too much empowerment, then yeah. Well, I mean, this I, you're both pointing to the fact that this this doing this work of increasing the diversity in organizations, while also in the pursuit of solving really gnarly world problems, none of it's easy. And there was an undertone around courage that I heard both of you talking about, which is not just having the courage to take action and do something yourself, but creating the environment where courage can exist, which Dave, I thought was so important that you said, but then also that undertone of And having the courage to challenge my own ways of thinking, behaving, and showing up in the world. Because without that, the vulnerability isn't there. And it becomes this strange chicken and egg around without that courage and vulnerability to do the work on yourself, you can't have the environment where other people can do that work as well. Yeah. So from a leadership perspective especially in agile leadership, if that's even a thing, really. But that's so important. But even, like, take that, Leslie, what you were saying, and think about it even smaller when we have it in the Scrum perspective is we need to understand in this way of working, how do we adjust that mindset so that I have the courage to accept that I will not be able to know and plan everything up front and that things are going to happen that are going to deviate, and I need to have the courage to accept that. Like, that whole... That's scary, right? Yeah, it is. No, it, it's incredibly scary. It's in, it's scary as a leader. I mean, I, obviously, I run. Well, I say I run. I don't think I really run. I I don't get in the way of my organization. Perhaps would be a good definition of my role here. Yes, thank but, you. We thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, at, at Scrum.org, and I spend a lot of time looking at some of the things on our on our roadmap, and I'm like, I actually don't know how we're going to do this but i know the outcome i want and it, and it's scary it's scary because i then have to justify it to smart people you know and and it's scary so feeling vulnerable and being vulnerable 
and accept is 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 really 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 important and and i have to say when we have more gender diversity on the teams that i've worked on it there's a lot more support for some of that vulnerability i'll be honest it's as simple as that and 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 that that creates an environment where I actually feel more and then everybody benefits. So you're right. It is a two-way street that we're walking. Values are definitely two-way and it's uh, it's challenging um, every day. Isn't, but that's what being alive is, right? So it's not all bad. Hey, everyone. Natalie Warner here, the President and Executive Director of Women in Agile Org. I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. We're thrilled to have this as a platform to showcase the wisdom of our community. We'd love to get your help to amplify the reach of the series by asking you to go over to iTunes in order to rate and review us. After you're done, take a screenshot of your rating and review. Then post the screenshot to Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn and tag hashtag Women in Agile. If you do this, we'll not only reshare your post, but also add you to a monthly drawing to receive a Women in Agile goodie bag filled with WIA stickers and other treats. Thanks for listening. As we go to start wrapping up today, um, I'm curious if the two of you could just share maybe some personal tips and tricks or things that you've done yourself to set yourself up better for working in diverse groups or enabling more diversity and inclusion in organization and teams you've been part of. Like I want us to kind of land a couple, like I did this and this seemed to work for me that other people might be inspired by. Um, I, I know what I'm trying to do more of, but I don't know if it's any good, <laughs> but I try to ask more than tell. I try to listen more than talk, which is really hard for me. Really hard. Notice I paused there just to emphasize that. But the uh, because I like to, sh- I'm, I I love what we're doing. I if I just I've got this real belief in what we're doing, and I care deeply about the products and the capabilities that we're delivering to market. I care deeply about our community, and I've got a million ideas, and I and I'm always wanting to get them out. But I don't necessarily have all the answers, and my ideas are not necessarily better than other people's just because I'm old and, and, and bald. So, so I try to ask. I try to have conversations. I try to be curious. I try to that, and that really, really do, does help. That, that's what I find that I'm, I'm trying to do more of, and I'm I'm definitely benefiting from that. Um, and, that's what I'm doing. Trish, are you doing it? What anything? Any of your tips? So I think as a um, a female person of color, first generation um, immigrant, uh, daughter of immigrants, I've been trying to reconcile some of the things for myself of of what that means and and the stereotypes that are there. I have continuously put myself out and used my platform to. Um, share my views um, and what has happened that I value is when a younger Asian or um, black female comes up and says, how are you doing that? What did you get there? Where do you get that confidence? And that has led me down to paths of mentoring. Um, I think Dave hasn't, didn't mention it, but he is, he, he, he gives back uh, himself in a, as from an organization, we, we work with different, different groups, um, even supporting 
an organization like WIA, where we see aligned missions, I think is really important. But also just reading, I mean, I am also um, really important. Something that's really important to me is also when I'm looking at why companies are pursuing different strategies, I'll continuously be asking why and how that relates back to the people uh, that are actually consumers of the product or service or the people who are building it. And so that's a lot of like just everything. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Probably, yes, probably just, you know, ping me and we could talk more. <laughs> the, learning the, is important. Learning is a privilege, friends. All right. uh, yes. Learning is a privilege. Mm-hmm. I think that's so we're, we're in a very unique position at scrum.org that we have a platform that, you know, 12 or so million, 12 million people come to our website. We have a community of trainers throughout the world in very different situations, in very different environments. You know, our trainers in Hong Kong are in a very different environment from our trainers in Turkey, from our tech trainers in the UK, from our trainers in, 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 in Europe and in, in the US. Um, and and Asia in general, very different, all different worlds, right? So we have a great opportunity to really try to provide access to this learning and this experience that we have. And we also get the opportunity to partner with organizations that share our beliefs and our values. You know, personally, yes, Trish, we, we, uh, Scrum.org and personally me, I care very deeply about education and I, I believe it is the way that everybody can change their destiny. And um, so I, I, we, we support a number of causes that are, that are educationally oriented. Um, and I think within our own community at Scrum.org as well, having these conversations, having conversations about what diversity means, what it, what it means to the individuals, and, and also trying to change the makeup of our professional scrum trainer community in particular. You know, we, we are actively trying to do that. We are putting our mouth, where our, our money where our mouth is, as it were. Is that the expression? I, I never know. Um, and actually trying to provide an environment where we get more females uh, into our and more people of color into our community um, because we, we care deeply about that at scrum.org. Um, I, I honestly, we, it, we're not, it's not good enough at the moment and we are going to fix it and uh, it's going to take us time. But we, but we will. So, so there's some practical measures. If you go to our diversity page on, on scrum.org, sorry, I go to our social responsibility page on scrum.org, you, you'll see some of that talked about and some of those examples and some of the things we're, we're doing. Um, but we could do better. And every day I try to do a little bit better. I think, I think one thing that I, uh, that I also want to stress is <clears throat> uh, the larger the size of the system, so when we think about companies, the more complex it becomes. Diversity is coming whether people like it or not, companies like it or not. And um, it, for companies not to think about how to use diversity to um, increase the innovative capabilities of their companies is a miss. It's a lost opportunity. Yeah. yeah. The, the question is, are you cultivating an environment where you're harnessing the true wisdom that a diverse culture can offer, or are you trying to somehow bring it down to the lowest common denominator, um, which is often one of those myths in the agile world. Oh, we need cross-functional teams and we're just making everybody down to the lowest common denominator, which is really not happening. We're working to uplift everyone's game 
yeah. by bringing diverse lines of thought together. And so I, th- I think, Dave, you were pointing a little bit to this, but what drew you all to wanting to become more involved with women in Agile and how do you see um, Scrum.org being able to help women in Agile achieve the mission and the work that we're trying to do in the world? I mean, it's pretty simple, really. Great organization with great people working there. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I, we, we align. There's only so many hours in the day, so it's much easier to align with organizations that have a shared value system, um, even if some of ours are still aspirational in terms of how we execute on them, say a value system and a great people to work with. So that's a number, number one. Number two, you know, we, we have a platform you know, that we can leverage and uh, hopefully we can, women in Agile, use our platform to leverage your mission into a bright, into a broader community, which is super important. And then the third thing is uh, maybe a little bit selfish is I want I want to work with more women in our community. I want more women in our community, in our community. And hopefully this will provide a um, uh, a road or a bridge towards these two two things. And it, so, yeah, pretty pretty simple. I, I love the work that's being done, a woman in agile, and uh, I'm always very impressed. And sometimes, actually, uh, it makes me try to do things a little bit better at, at Scrum.org. So having that access and that connection, I think, is very valuable for that. Awesome. Final thoughts from either of you today before we wrap up? Uh, no, I, I, I guess my final thought is that we, we, we have a huge opportunity ahead of us. You know, at the moment, COVID is, I mean, it's, it's awful and it's decimated the world. But as we come out of that, we have an opportunity to reset. We have an opportunity to reset how we work. We've learned a few things, right, over these, over these last few months. And I think we hopefully will reset in a kinder, more inclusive, and more humane way. I, I believe we will. Um, I believe, you know, that we will be a better place afterwards. I have to believe that. I'm an optimist. You know, I'm always a half beer full rather than half beer empty kind of guy. And I, I hope we can do that. And we have every opportunity. But you know where that has to come from? It has to come from each of us. So every day we need to think about how we can reset in a positive way to to make the environment that we're working on, even if we can't change the world, if we can make that team meeting, we can make that, you know, sprint review, we can make that retrospective just a little bit better, a little bit more inclusive. We can be more mindful of the people that are in that and their perspectives and their different points of view and their different history. And then the world will get better and it'll be even more awesome. Hmm. I am the um, opposite of Dave. I am, my <laughs> glass of wine is half empty. <laughs> um, uh, but I absolutely agree that um, in this day and age, when we think about how to change, how, how we can make influence, it's probably through relationships and uh, to be very human and um, recognize that we all have some sort of power or we have, have had a lack of power and to think about what, what does that mean when we're thinking about what we're passing on to uh, future generations? You know, what learnings from there? How do we view equity? How would we pass that on? 
those thoughts um, are important to me. Yeah, I um, I can't help but think of the word legacy, Trish, when you're talking, and it's um, starting to think about that from you know creating a legacy that is diverse, and how do you pass on equity is such a really interesting inquiry to sit in. Um, I really appreciate that. And I, and I loved a moment ago how you were talking about you know, people coming up to you and being like, how did you do it? How did you get the confidence? So um, let's just hear from both of you really quick. If folks want to reach out and connect with you, ask questions, learn more about your own stories and thoughts on diversity and complexity and all the things, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, Dave.west.scrum.org. Feel free to reach out. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you, I'd love to hear when we're failing as well, because that's the only way we get better. So the failing emails can go to dave.west, <laughs> W-E-S-T at scrum.org. Um, people can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Patricia Kong, K-O-N-G, um, or patricia.kong at scrum.org. But um, on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see those those messages um, or those connections, and uh, we can certainly learn how to mentor one another. Awesome. Well, Dave and Trish, thank you so much for chatting with me today and digging into this topic. Uh, as I said, um, I'm really honored to have Scrum.org step up and be the new sponsor for the Women in Agile podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us today. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And thank you listeners for tuning into this episode of the Women in Agile podcast. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and scrum.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. You can always go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting womeninagile.org slash podcast checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.